Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Whoa, we're gonna I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the Force be with you in Star Wars. Welcome, everyone, to a Galaxy Far Away edition of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and we are actually joined tonight by a first-timer to the podcasting business, but a man that knows more about movies than I could probably even think to know, Mr. Cliff Jams. Hey, thank you for having me tonight. Uh, I've been looking forward to doing this. Yeah, we, we've we been talking um, about this for several weeks, I think, and knocked out of time. And so tonight's movie, in case you couldn't tell by the intro, is Star Wars Episode Four, re-entitled A New Hope. Um, it officially got its kickoff in the theaters on... May the 25th of 1977. It only did $220 million at the box office for its first release. So, I mean... Sad number for uh, 1977. Yeah, it was a very sad number, which is $1.06 billion. That is billion with a B. First movie that we have ever covered that has done a billion dollars in adjusted revenue. I think the movie that we did last week did like 330 million or something like that adjusted. So we are I think George Lucas and Steven Spielberg did something very good with this movie. Yeah. Well, um how many times have you seen this? Not counting what you watched it for this podcast or can't even count. Honestly, I I probably can't even tell you. Um cuz I know I probably saw it for the first time when I was eight years old, and I mean, that was 30 years ago. So I know the first time I saw it in theaters was the special edition in 97 when they released them then. Okay. Uh, but I, honestly, it's one of those movies that, I mean, it's got to be in the 20s or 30s of how many times I've viewed this movie. Now, are you one of those that if you see it on TBS where they're running the complete nine movie series, you'll just sit down no matter where it is? In the movie? 
I'd probably say yeah, I do that. Uh-huh. Probably more with Empire Strikes Back than this one a little bit, but yeah, this one's high up on that list too. Uh, luckily, uh, I'm pretty much all my uh, viewing is through streaming, so I don't have cable, so I don't have to worry about turning on the TV and flipping through channels and being like, oh, crap, here goes another hour and a half of my life. <laughs> all right, but with this movie, it's not a bad hour and a half, so. No, no, I don't know. At all. I mean, rewatching it. I mean, there's some things that you pick up on that definitely are like, oh, that's very 70s of them. Mm-hmm. But it's like it may not age very well, but this is one that it it holds up. I mean, special effects for most of these scenes are better than special effects special effects in movies today. Yeah, mainly because it's practical. Yeah, I mean but- the 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 scenes in space are miniatures. It's not. A lot of CGI. I mean, with the special editions, they added a lot of CGI, but when it's shot, it's a lot of practical miniatures being thrown through great um, uh, models. I, I, I don't know what word I'm trying to look for here, but I think that is the just, right word. Yeah, well, they just they shot it beautifully. Yeah. And actually, before we get too far into this, I mean, the real MVP of the entire franchise because he made. Even some of the more unwatchable Star Wars movies watchable is John Williams and mm-hmm. his score. Yeah. So, because even watching this, like, just everything that's playing while ships are flying through space or just different scenarios, it's his score that just makes adds to what's happening on screen, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm a podcast geek, I guess would be the right word, because I listen to podcasts about anything and everything. And there was a podcast probably three years ago now on the John Williams Star Wars where it actually broke down like how it was done and what he actually did to for like each of the um each of the characters had their own specific theme yeah and actually watching it to prepare for the for the show after I listened to it, I'm like oh yeah I could tell that with that was Luke and you could hear it come in and drift off when he goes off scene or something like that. Now, I don't think I've got the 20 or 30 viewings like you do. I'm probably oh. 10 to 15 if we're lucky because I, well, this came out in 78. I was three years old or 77. So I was two going on three. Didn't watch it. I don't think I even watched it the first time sitting all the way through until it was the special edition that came out. And no. I think I was there for like the midnight showing or the 1230 showing. Cause it was actually one of the first movies at the theater that was, that actually had a midnight release that I can read because I think they were actually yeah. running it round the clock before that was a thing that movies do now when they got a big name, big budget film coming. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, whenever it came out, I was, I would have been 13. I remember going with friends for the special, uh, the special editions. And, but I don't, like, I, I didn't go to the midnight showing. Obviously, I was 13 years old at the time. And <laughs> I think we went on a Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, it's, I remember, like, just experiencing the joy of, like, okay, this is one I w- wish I could have seen on when I saw it as a younger age. It's like, oh, this would have been great to see on the big screen. And then actually getting to experience that. Now, have you gotten to actually watch? the original on the big screen since then? Because I know with like the um, Fathom events or the retro movies, they bring them back. Yeah. Um, no, actually, because I even went to uh, the Lucas Theater here in Savannah 
uh, last May the 4th, and they showed A New Hope, and it was still the special edition version. So I have actually never been able to see the original version outside of renting it on from Blockbuster, mm-hmm. which doesn't <laughs> exist anymore, but uh, outside of uh, renting it there, like on VHS, and because even after they came out, pretty much all the VHSs were just special edition. So I haven't seen the original version since I was younger. Yeah. And I don't need, so I don't to be honest think... with the thing that we disagree on. <laughs> I, I like, I actually haven't seen that version of the movie and I, I can't tell you how long. And I don't even think that the versions that they do run on cable for those few of us who do, well, I got YouTube, so it's not really even cable for me. It's streaming, but, yeah. but when you see it, I think they're actually running the special edition. So it's hard to even get yeah. a original, no CG job of the hut running around talking to Han Solo. Yeah. Cause that scene, I do remember that scene's not even in mm. the movie at all. Yeah. Cause I'm, and I remember like having a book on the behind the scenes of that job was supposed to be a human or a human type character in the beginning. So they did film that scene, but a human's there, like wearing a fur coat of all things. Not like, I mean, he's a bigger human, but not yeah. job of the hut size human. Yeah. So in, I actually, when it, when they re-released four, five, and six, I watched, I actually got a VHS cassette and sat down and programmed the VCR to come on when it was running on probably HBO or one of the streaming services, well, streaming, one of the premium services, so that way I could have all three of them back to back to back. Yeah. And, I mean, it was it was something that I would put on just at regular intervals just to have something that was watchable. Because we're talking 90s where you had Dwayne Johnson playing Doom, which they're now doing a reboot of Doom, I think, too. Yeah. So the question is, is he going to be coming back for that role? But we're not even going to get into that because this is not the Doom podcast. No. I hope not. (laughs) I think even he acknowledges that movie was terrible. Yeah, he's had a couple of of stinkers, but he's doing good things. And then there's the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Which is a Disney film, which we will be covering probably in about 15 years, which is the running joke. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into this film if you don't know the movie, we are not given the synopsis because it's 46 years old and it is in the pantheon of the great films. So you can just go Google it on Wikipedia or look it up on Wikipedia and you'll save yourself three minutes of me reading it to you dryly. Yeah. So the first I, mean, I thing... think at this point, spoiler alert shouldn't even be a thing for this movie. <laughs> no, th- this movie, this movie is been so spoiled by, like I said, it's on. Well, I mean, it'll be running May the fourth probably on TBS, TNT, Turner Classics. All the Turner stations will have it on, so you could sit down and knock it out in probably three hours with commercial. Yeah. So. Most of my um, notes on the movie are stream of consciousness, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize to you in advance for that. But when we first come into the film, 
There is another 3PO walking behind C-3PO. What happened yeah. to that 3PO? Why didn't they do like a... Well, I mean, and now that I've said this, Disney will probably get the idea to bring back 2Q1 or whatever his name will be. And he'll have his own little seven-issue or seven-episode show showing what happened to him yeah. after he tottered off screen. But the thing that I'm... that I don't think I actually realized before watching it this time was 3PO and R2 are your main characters until we actually meet Luke and old Ben, as he's called. Yeah. And without them, they wouldn't be able to tie the movie together because it would be disjointed with jumping from Luke to Ben back to Leia, seeing Alderaan get blown up and... If you didn't have them bickering back and forth at each other like an old married couple, we'd be sitting talking about a totally different movie, I think. Yeah, we'd be talking about the end of Rogue One more than anything. Yes, which will also be covered in 30 years. <laughs> oh, good. I can't wait to be here when <laughs> well, I'm hi. in my 60s for that one. <laughs> yeah, and by that time I might have turned it over to the world's youngest podcast host who won't be the world's youngest podcast host, but... Um, did it, did you realize, did you hear when, um, 3PO and R2 were talking that it sounds like Leia goes off on adventures on a random Saturday? Because it seemed like this wasn't the first time that she had gone off on some kind of a caca maybe. Yeah, it did kind of, because it seemed like she just straight up went rebellion mode and that was kind of like her thing. Like almost the point that like, even though we knew her dad through future medians and everything was part of the rebellion mm -hmm. starting off, but it's like she kind of just did it. Like this was her thing almost. Like she's the reason the rebellion even started. Now, have you watched Obi-Wan? I have. Did but you... even in that, like at a younger age, I show her going off yeah. and doing just like she doesn't ever listen to her parents, no. which being the rebellion, like what I think in that show, she's six or seven year old. Yeah. So, yeah, when, when you've got. A six-year-old Leia running off to do whatever she wants to. I think this is probably, what, 20 years later or something like that is what they've yeah. said it as. So she's a 26-year-old. I mean, that's the running joke is how does Ewan McGregor go from looking like that to looking like... Um, mm -hmm. Alec Guinness. Yes, May thank you. Rest in peace. Like all of a sudden it went blank. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, the, it sounds like her normal weekend is go off have an adventure, try to get some rebellion people in, and get back to the Empire by Monday so that way nobody's missed her. And this time it kind of yeah. went sadly askew for her. So we cut back to um, 3PO and R2 trying to get out on the Saturn V rocket um, ejection pod. And... C-3PO says that they're going to end up in a Kessel salt mine. So before we even meet Han, we've got our first Kessel run yeah. introduction. Which, I don't know how I've missed that with as many times as I've watched the movie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, actually. I missed that even watching it as recently as yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so he's like, you're going to get us both thrown onto a Kessel salt mine if you keep this up. And then R2 presses the ejection button and the escape pod goes off and I swear that shot looks like looked like something off of one of the Saturn V rockets or something 
that you'd have a um that you'd actually have from NASA instead of from a Lucas. Yeah. No, it was very well done. Yeah. And so my wife and I actually sat down and watched this together and when they landed on the planet and the and the Jawas first appeared, she's like, You know the Jawas were the nineteen seventies version of the minions? And <laughs> I had never put two and two together, but yeah, they both speak a very weird, high-pitched language that nobody understands yeah. except for themselves. But we had... Yeah, a... now no, I can't unsee that, to be honest with you. <laughs> and you're welcome. So, um, but then we meet Luke and Leia and... Or not Luke and Leia, Luke and Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen. Yep. And... Aunt Baru is wearing a denim jumpsuit. Yeah. That is something that I don't know if they just didn't tell her to put on a outfit to look like everybody else on scene. Or she's like, no, I'm going to wear this. I look good. He's like, no, this is how 70s in space would be. Yeah. Well, yeah, 70s. (laughs) Space 70s, yes. Yeah. The only thing that was missing was wide lapels. Yeah. And so, even like the shirt she has underneath, like seems like that seventy like floral shirt or that like it just yeah. I actually eh, this is my, what a, I think my mom ahead. had a couple of those shirts. So yeah. and I think every woman from the seventies and eighties had two or three of those in their closet that they pull out for random occasions. So um, Luke hears about Obi Wan and starts to put two and two together and comes up with purple figuring out that maybe they mean old Ben. Yeah. And so then he lets the restraining bolt off of R2, and next thing you know, R2's going off on an adventure. And 3PO goes after him, and he ends up getting messed up in what will be the first of three times in these movies, because he loses an arm in this one, he loses a leg in... Empire. Empire. And then something happens to him with the Ewoks, I want to say. Actually, I don't know, because they actually like look at him as a god in that one. So I can't remember if something happened to him in that. I know in the new uh, trilogy, something bad, like they almost, like, were, were that's maybe so bad, I can't remember. It was only four years ago. <laughs> but they were erases memory or something. Yeah. But, yeah, like, he's always had bad stuff follow him through. Yeah, and wasn't it during the prequels that he ended up with a red leg or something? That, no, that was the sequel one. That was like, he okay. has a red arm and Force Awakens. Okay. Because of course he does. No. And there is no explanation and I, and I can't as remember to how that actually why. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had no plan for the pre, or for the sequel. So like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> It'll and come I, through and then it never came through. And I still don't think they've got a, a plan for the new sequels. Because I think they're coming out with new ones. Because Star Wars is a money-making bonanza now. But Yeah. Especially if you turn on Disney Plus, they've got so many series that you could lose your lose a month just sitting and watching them nonstop. So when Luke finds out about his father, and we're just going to leave it at quotes for that, and yeah. not break into the spoiler alerts, because we all know who the father is. It was uh, Uncle Owen. Everybody knows it. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those weird families that lives on Tatooine that nobody talks about. He gets a lightsaber, and I don't understand how 
Obi-Wan doesn't lose his head the instant that Luke turns on the lightsaber because it looks like it was aimed right for his head, or at yeah. least for an arm. And it was like, I think he like like it's almost like the barrel of a gun. He just looked straight into it, so it's like he yeah. could have just like shot his eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. Yes, and so. Luke has literally spent the first 15 minutes that we've seen him on screen complaining about how he wants to get off a of Tatooine. And then the instant yeah. that he's given an opportunity to get off a of Tatooine, he's, he, he doesn't want to do it. That is the most backpedaling that I have ever seen of a person that's... Because he's like, I'm going to go join the Academy or whatever. No, yeah. we need you here. Well, what if we get... He's like, no. Dad, Uncle Owen, it's not fair. And you, you literally hear the child, childlike angst. The tantrum. Yeah, yeah, the tantrum that never happens, which thank God for that. But, I mean, once again, the movie would be totally different if he didn't end up having the Jawas and Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru getting stormtrooperized. Yeah, if they didn't have the trail back to mm-hmm. tracking down the droids. And... Is it just me, or did the troopers' aim get worse as we went on in the movies? Because they, that, they did. Because yeah, there... when they're leaving the Death Star, that like they're missing. But like somebody pointed out, like maybe that was on purpose since they put a tracker on the ship to find the Rebel base. But yeah, as like even as the movie, the series itself progresses, like the aim got worse and worse. Yeah. So it's like you see these seasoned veterans who are all clones of once again spoiler alert Django Fett, yeah. who is one of the one of the best bounty hunters allegedly on the planet, and he doesn't miss when he shoots. So what what happened in their cloning sequence to make them such bad shots? Oh no, because maybe they're trying to go into that with the Bad Batch. I I didn't watch too much of that show, but it's like oh maybe they just. There's deviations that made him not as good as Django. So we see them load the tracker and they go off. And then we cut back to Tatooine where Luke's finally starting to come around to the fact that he might actually get off this godforsaken planet. And here is where we start to disagree on this movie. Yep. <laughs> we cut... Well, so far we just have a disagreement on this scene. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I think this might be the only time that we actually disagree, because we see Han, we meet Han, and he tells how he's got the fastest ship in the planet. He can do the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, which we learn in the Han Solo movie is a measure of distance, not time. Yeah. So, nice little continuity issue there. And then, for some reason, Greedo shows up. And Greedo shoots first. Yeah, I think Han shoots first. Give me your reason for that. Because, well, I mean, for part of me, I think, like, when it first originally happened, like, we're supposed to believe Han's not a good guy. And Mm -hmm. I did see where George Lucas says he doesn't kill for sport, but that entire setup, that conversation leads to... uh, Han believing that Greedo's there to kill, like it's it's pretty much dead or alive. So mm-hmm. Greedo's going to bring him in dead if he can. And so I believe it is an act of self defense for Han to shoot him first. But and then, I mean, I've watched YouTube videos too where it slows it down, and to me, it just looks like Han and the original versions 
shot first. But I was I was looking at your Facebook because this this is actually what brought us up. Somebody said, but he didn't unholster first. But at the same so, time, you look at the holster; it's not it's not like he can like there's a hole in the bottom of the holster, yeah. so you can shoot with it. And also, but I think he does pull it out quick and shoot. Yeah, because because he's he has to be a quick draw, or else yeah. he would have ended up dead in Han Solo too. I mean, because this entire, like, franchise is, like, so many different genres into one movie. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have the Western feel with the characters like Han Solo. You have the fantasy feel with the Jedi. So for me, watching Han, like, he's that old-timey gunslinger that, yeah, somebody pulled the gun on him first. He's still gonna, he can still pull his out fast enough to shoot first. Mm-hmm. So my reason for saying that Greedo shot first, and I may get totally shot down now that I'm talking about it, is the fact that when he shoots, the fact that Han shoots makes his gun go up. Yeah, but so he I like it. And I mean, I've I've seen people that have the shirt that says Han shot first. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not saying it's not <laughs> possible, but if you're Pulling your if you're pulling the trigger when you get shot, your hand's going to reflexively go up. But no, yeah. as I said, agree to disagree. Yeah, the, no, it's, it's 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 fun. I mean, that's the point of movies. You interpret yeah. scenes, you see scenes happen differently. It's why we enjoy talking about them. Exactly. And so Han escapes, and we run into the most CG thing in this entire movie. Oh yeah. Uh, even rewatching, I'm like, they should have just kept that scene out completely. We finally meet Jabba in Return of the Jedi. We didn't need to see Jabba now. Yeah. And and my wife's like, I don't ever remember seeing this. I was like, well, this is the special edition movie. She's like, oh, okay, well, that explains it. So she's one of the purists that had never seen the additional... Yeah. How, long, how long was this clip? Like two minutes and 37 seconds or some very minute... Yeah. Bit. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe not even that long because it's like it's a very quick conversation. It's and at the same time, it's like, why did he have other bounty hunters there if he was just going to meet him at his ship anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, so but it's like they really didn't know where to go. And they're like, well, you know, people when they added the special edition, they said, well, maybe people enjoy seeing Jabba in this movie a little bit earlier than we see him later on. Yeah. It just it just felt like it, it was added back for no reason whatsoever. And is it just me, or did Jabba put on some pounds between the first movie and the third? He did. Because even when they show him, like, in shows like The Clone Wars, it's like, they're not, like, yeah, like, it's like, it almost, the time frame didn't add up to how big he got. Because, like, they show younger versions, and they're they're about the size Jabba is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then they show, like, the more, like, the, the actual leaders, and then they're much bigger. So it's like, the time frame does, just doesn't. For me, it didn't really add up to why he got so big, mm-hmm. and like maybe like I don't know the time, I don't know the actual time difference, but like what two years maybe? Yeah, if that. as a whole, yeah, yeah. it definitely went six years. Like the movies came out, it was more two years. Like it's like a, this an entire series takes over like maybe two years of time. Yeah, if that. So Han promises Jabba money plus interest if he lets him go. Because he's expecting a big payday from Ben, and he already got what two thousand up front. Yeah. Because he didn't get force talked out of it, which that that was another thing that tripped me tripped me up was I 
for some reason I don't remember I don't remember seeing that much force being used in the movies but Obi-Wan just waves his hand and it's like they disappear these aren't the yeah. droids are looking for you're going to tell us to move along now and it's all with the movement of the two fingers and the thumb and as you go into the to the other movies is it because Kenobi died that Luke didn't get that side of the training he was more of a fighter than anything yeah, I guess so. I mean, they do show it a little bit in Return of the Jedi when he's going to get Han out of Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. He uses it to get in. But yeah, for the most part, I think that might be the reason because he's more training with Yoda on how to use the telekinesis part or just mm-hmm. the actual fighting part. Now, we did see a whole lot of the Force in Episode 8 yeah. where... Luke was actually fighting, but he wasn't fighting because he had already died or something. And that, or he's using a force projection, or yeah. And I think I actually fell asleep during that part of the movie. <laughs> but yeah, that that'll be fifty years down the road when we actually get to twenty twenty eighteen, I think. Which the way that these movies are going, seventeen. We, so yeah, yeah. And I I actually have never seen episode nine. Probably won't watch episode nine until we. Actually cover it for the podcast. So six, yeah, you, you got time. <laughs> yeah. Good. That's what I. That's what I wanted to hear. Actually, I bought it, and it's I like I saw it in theaters. I'm like, I, I'm enjoying this. I, I'm, I wasn't really enjoying it, but like I saw two guys in front of me like enjoying it. I'm like, so that kind of got me into it. And then mm-hmm. I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray, and mm-hmm. I tried to watch it. I'm like, this just isn't enjoyable. <laughs> And I was, I was like, it was really like the two guys just watching them, like, having their time with their lives, watching it in the theaters. I was like, all right, I'm getting into it now. And then I tried to rewatch it. I'm like, no, watch well, it by yourself. Well, and see, when Grayson, we were still dating, I think, when Episode 7 came out. Yeah. 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Or we had just gotten married, and she actually fell asleep during Episode 7 in the theater. So... I knew right there that it was going to be a slog to even get through 8 or 9. Made it through 8 with my 30-minute nap during the force fight and just said, "Well, I'm not I'm not even going to worry about 9 until it until I have to worry about cuz it. it's Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, enjoy I, I like Force Awakens and I and I am one of the few that actually does enjoy Last Jedi. I I think it actually has one of the better lightsaber fights with mm-hmm. Rey and uh, Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. like where they're teaming up to take down Emperor Snot Snook. I don't really can't remember his name. Emperor Snot, I like it. Yeah, and it's like I'm like, man, this is really because it's a good combination of good special effects, but not over the top like they were in the prequel series. Mm-hmm. They didn't have them like doing all these ridiculous flips and everything. Like it was like I'm like, man, this is a really enjoyable lightsaber fight. I understand why people don't like it. The entire trilogy as a whole just felt like. We're going to start off this way. J.J. Abrams doesn't stay on, so we're going to give it to Ryan Johnson, who sends it in his own direction. J.J. Abrams comes back. I, He's like, oh, I don't like the way he gets it. Almost like last year it didn't happen. It's like, well, we had no – like it's just a trilogy with no plan. Mm-hmm. We're just like, well, we don't know what we want to do, so let's just throw three movies together and call it a trilogy. And I really don't tell a bigger story outside of each movie themselves. Now, didn't something like that happen with the X-Men movies? Because they had X-Men yeah. 1 and 2, and then 3 was just a total crap show. 
Actually, with both of the, uh, well, not really trilogies, because the second one is four movies, kind of, uh, Mm -hmm. the one where they're younger. Yeah, you kind of do that with both of those. I mean, and I'll give it to Christopher Nolan, because the kind of same thing happened with the Dark Knight trilogy, but Christopher Nolan kind of had to pivot just because his main villain, Heath Ledger, died. Mm -hmm. But he still, like, told somewhat of a complete trilogy to the best that he could without that being planned. But yeah, no, the X-Men, they, they fell apart with that final movie because they didn't like know what direction they needed to go in. And it's the same thing with the sequel trilogy for this series. Yeah, and see, I'm, and I know this isn't the X-Men movie trilogy. We'll cover that because now it's part of Disney and it's on yeah. Disney+. Plus. But I grew up reading X-Men and when I saw that they were going to do the... Um, Dark Phoenix saga. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then I actually went in and I was like, this is not, this is not the movie I'm looking for. Yeah. And they, well, actually, I don't think I, I don't think I watched the the last one with, um, what's her name as the new Jean, as a new Jean Grey. <laughs> don't worry about watching that one until you have to. Yeah. That's another yeah. one. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> I think it ended up being on my worst movies of the year, uh, that year. <laughs> Well then, well then, I'll take that at what is for what it's worth, and we'll cover that one when we get to twenty whatever. It was twenty nineteen when that one came out. So yeah, you know, I've got I've got a good forty or fifty years before I've even got to yeah. start to think about that. So anyway, getting back to Star Wars because that is what this is about. And yeah. I, I apologize <laughs> for the tangents, but that's why the people tune in. Well, I I I, I led you on it too, so <laughs> so or I encouraged it. I. Hey, I have no problems with encouraging it because if you listen to this, if you listen, if you listen to this podcast, you know that some of the some of the worst movies have the best tangents because it's not even yeah. about the actual movie and it's about what you should be spending your hour and a half watching instead of watching this movie. But this is a good movie, so I apologize. So Han gets away because he's promised money to Jabba and. Well, gets away because they jump to Alderaan, which is no longer there, and they get sucked into a, um, well, they get sucked into the, what, isn't it the Death Star that they're actually in? Or is it a... Yeah, they get sucked in, yeah, because it's, uh, the whole line is, that's no moon, that's a space station. And then they get pulled into the tractor. Yeah, and so they... the tractor beam. And they get sucked into the tractor beam, and they start trying to figure a way out of it. And for some reason, the stormtroopers are not good on looking through the, or doing their search of this Falcon, because they just totally overlooked the plates that you would have thought, if you're doing a thorough search of something, you're going to search search high, search low, search every bucket, bolt, trap door, whatever. And they're like, well, they're not here. And then suddenly you see them pop up, which I think they did that in episode seven as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we had to call back to this. And so they go on and they start trying to break out the princess. And there was a part when they were walking Chewie down the, down the corridor because they had to figure out a way into the, um, into the Death Star as fake stormtroopers. And there's this little black droid that Chewie barks at that just takes yeah. off like it's scared to death. I like it's like yeah, like it's a dog that just got 
Overpowered. Yeah. And I, I, I laughed, which I don't know if you're supposed to laugh, but... I mean, they have a they have a bit of humor in them, yeah. so yeah. And we have them saying that they're taking Chewie to the 1138 cell block, so that's a THX reference in the movie, which I never caught before Tuesday. And, of course, Han being the shoot first, to ask questions later, he shoots and traps themselves in the cell block, and he tells Chewie to get behind him. Now, wouldn't you think that a eight-foot-tall Wookiee who's pretty good with a crossbow would be able to handle himself instead of having to get behind a six-foot-tall man that has shot one man in his life, you would think? Yeah. It's not so much that they're... It's the things that make you go, hmm, in these movies, I guess. But we see that Vader and Ben have felt each other and they start coming towards each other and we have a chase scene that takes way too long for them to actually get to the to a place where everybody's just watching the fight yeah so, so that we way we go through the trash compactor and all that yeah like cause I, even when we watching that I think I felt like that scene went on a little bit longer than it should have because you have like all the chaos with C-3PO and R2-D2 trying to like turn it off or listen to it because they almost get caught. Mm-hmm. And they're just like one of those scenes. It's like, all right, I probably could have cut out like maybe five minutes here. Yeah. Because, I just, because you've added in two minutes of a CG Java. You could have cut out yeah. two minutes later on to make it the same length of a movie. And I always love to look for Wilhelm screams because now that I've started to hear them, they're popping up everywhere, especially in Disney and um, Lucas films. And we actually get the Wilhelm scream when the trooper gets shot by Luke. Yeah. And, and I think that was actually the earliest earliest Wilhelm scream that I had ever heard. Now, I know there's probably earlier ones and people are going to write in and say, you're wrong. But that's why I give the email address. That way people can tell me that I'm wrong and <laughs> you'll get read on air. So... I had I've done a little bit of reading on this and listened to other podcasts and they said that they didn't know where they were going with this movie and the fact that Luke has the hots for his sister. Yeah, because they clearly didn't plan on that being a yeah. thing at this time, I'm guessing. And so Luke gets a kiss from Leah for luck and they swing across and then they see Ben basically sacrifice himself so that way they can get off the Death Star with the plans and everything. And they learn. That's actually another thing I noticed while watching it when he does get sliced down. Like, there's no cut in his cape. <laughs> so it's like, like, this is a sword, uh, a, a device that can cut through anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, it hits him, and all of a sudden he disappears along with the rest of the clothes except for. The cape and the hood. Yeah. 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 And now that you mention it, I I don't think I had ever noticed that before. But, yeah. So, Ben... uh, So, they go to... What planet was it? Um, It was a moon (laughs) that they go to. Oh, yeah. So, they they go to the moon, and, of course, Han's in it just for the money, because what... um, what swashbuckling pirate wouldn't want to just get the money and go and run off? 
And Leia actually tells him, if money is what you if money is what you love, you'll get your reward. And so he takes the money and runs, and we think we're not going to see him anymore. And so they start planning to attack the Death Star with its very small, very unobtainable. Um, what's the word? I just completely went blank on it. It's it's the porthole, but it's the it's the thing. Yeah, that... I can't think of what word what. what... It, but I know, yeah. And so they, two missiles can shoot down it. <laughs> yeah. And so they start loading up. You'll get emails about that too. Yeah. Which and and yeah, Yavon Four is the um where you. the rebel base is. Yes, Yavon Four, which means it's the fourth planet from the from the sun because that's the way that they count all planets. Well, it's actually it's it's the fourth moon of the planet okay. in the series. And so we get a little bit of banter between Luke and one of his buddies that had gone off to the Academy and he ended up with the Rebel Alliance. And then we get introduced to a member of the Red Squadron whose name is Porkins. Yep. Very poor name for a man that is... Big. Yes. And I was... I scratched my head. I'm like, did I hear that right? And I didn't want to rewind it because it wasn't enough to... To make it, but I was like, Porkins, that's a very sad name for a person that looks like that. And, of course, he gets shot, but... And he even looked cramped in the cockpit yeah. of his uh, fighter, too. Yeah, and so we had... Oh, well, getting... And I, I don't even know why I didn't mention this, but why was Luke playing with a Y-Wing fighter when he was on Tatooine? He was actually playing with one of the original Star Wars toys. Yeah, well, I don't think it was a Y-Wing, because they actually show in the Obi-Wan series, it was the toy that Obi-Wan actually gave him. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I don't think it was a Y-Wing. I can't remember which one, what ship it was. So, once again, you'll get emails about that. But, yeah, because I remember that was, like, the whole thing. Whenever, like, he, like, bought it, it's like, oh, my God, that's the toy that Luke has in A New Hope. I mean, it shows, like, later in the episode, he's trying to give it to Luke as a present. And so, of course, they defeat the Death Star because you got to have a happy ending. Or do you? Because you don't in the second movie. Yeah. But three ships out of 30 comes back after the Death Star yeah. explodes. So, I mean, you lost 27 fighters, 27 Rebellion fighters. And, of course, one of them is going to be Luke. And he's saved because Han clips um, Vader's x-wing and flips him off into space that way we got vader for the sequel. tie fighter, tie fighter. Yeah, tie fighter yeah which also he's in a wounded ship and his main base to get to is destroyed so that also brings up questions of where did he go and how did he get there yeah well and see also if i'm thinking right didn't didn't they show him having his helmet put on at one point or was that during the prequels? No, they show that um, it's an Empire Strikes Back. They okay. show him in like his little chamber, and mm-hmm. it comes down, and like right when somebody's walking in to tell him uh, the uh, Emperor is messaging him. Yeah, the Emperor, which was actually played by a woman. In that one? Yeah, it was actually played. That. It was actually played by a woman because I because it actually popped up on my on my Facebook feed. Oddly enough, this morning when I was getting ready to get ready for the day, because she actually would have been a hundred and twenty-two years old today. Oh. So 
typical Sith old lady. And then she was actually they when they remastered it for the re-release, I think they changed it in to have the um, um yeah, the original. Ian, uh, yeah, from the uh, prequel. Yeah, her name is Marjorie Eaton. That that's that's how I because there's another podcast that I listen to and I'm like she's actually the executive producer of it. I'm like Marjorie Eaton. Wait a minute. 122 years old today she would have been. So, yeah. So if Darth Vader got clipped and sent off into nowhere, how did he survive for however long it took for them to start the rebuild on Death Star 2.0? Yeah. There's there's so many questions that don't get answered that you would have thought that Disney Plus would have put together a mini-series between episodes 4 and 5 or 5 and 6 to answer these things and give people more of what they like, like the Ewoks. No. Uh, they, they tried that in the 80s, and I don't think uh, it did not work out well for Yes, wasn't that called the um, Life It's like Force the Battle Day? for Endor or something, oh, yeah. one of them. The Battle for they Endor. They had two movies, I remember that. Yes. So, yeah, we have three ships come back from the 30 that were sent out, and they don't mourn any of, the, any of them. They just start pinning medals on Luke, Han, Chewie. No, they actually don't give Chewie a medal. All uh, right. Oh yeah, that's right. Chewie just gets the background. It's like, yeah, he just gets to yell at the end. And then we fade to the first good credits. Yeah, I mean, speaking of not mourning, like we really, she has the one scene where she watches Alderaan blow up, but like there's really no mourning for an entire planet getting destroyed either. And that was where she grew up. Yeah. So I mean, her mom and her dad, well, mom and dad. In quotes, of course. Blown up. No tears shed, but Obi-Wan feels a great disturbance in the Force. Because, of course you do. When you yeah. have all those people die. And then we learn in the, the new series that he actually had a connection with a few people on that planet as well. So, yeah. I do want to do a side note here to everybody that we are criticizing this movie a good deal, but it is still <laughs> a great movie. So. There's certain things you notice over time as you get older that you question. Yeah, and and it, and if you've watched it more than three or four times, you start to nitpick it to yeah. see the the pieces that. I mean, yeah, it's like you said, it's a great movie. It'll be on my watch list for the rest of time. Yeah. And once Thompson's old enough to appreciate it, he'll sit down with me and we'll probably watch the. Might even knock out the entire nine movie series in a three-day span or something like that. But for now, the only movie that he sits down for any length of time for is Superman on Father's Day. We've done that the last two years, oh, and hopefully this nice. year, and hopefully this year he'll last more than twenty minutes <laughs> before he's up and running, running around, and always like, "You're going to watch this? Yeah, another great movie, another John Williams yeah, score." Absolutely. Yes. Oh, too bad Disney hasn't bought the DC Universe. They could do something yeah. with that. Well, we'll see what James Gunn does with it. I have faith in that, but yeah, it's been a up and down roller coaster for that franchise. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, and and we'll we'll talk more about that off air because I I want to get your ideas on what you think about it. Um, do you have any notes? I feel like I've run most of the podcast, and I apologize. No, no. I mean, I pretty much. I can. I've said my where I've okay. had little criticisms or what I really enjoyed about the movie. So, 
Um, I said, there are certain things that like feel very seven to me. Like there are certain scenes where like they're more optimistic than they probably should be, or like the whole not mourning for an entire planet being destroyed. But as a whole, like it's just, it's a really good movie. The special effects, uh, in my opinion, hold up today. The score is amazing. And I mean, even like most of the performances, I mean, there's times where I, I love him to death. He's one of my favorite Jerkers voice actors, but like even like you can tell Mark Hamill's a younger actor here. Mm-hmm. Even some of his like little performances in this movie aren't quite up to par with everybody else that's in the movie. Yeah. And that, that was, that was another thing that, that jokingly was said was look how young they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've, we've lost Carrie Fisher. We've lost so many of the actual actors. So there won't ever be another Star Wars like this one and the two sequels no. that are coming up. Even though Han Solo wanted to be killed off, I think, in five. Because he was already done with it. Or Harrison yeah. Ford was done with it after one. But that's because he had, he had figured out that he could make money being Indiana Jones. Yes. Which five of that is coming out this year. And... That I'm optimistic about just because of the director. So, yeah, and it, and I've seen memes where it's like Indiana Jones and the Walker of Doom and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> because it's it's not. I mean, the fourth one, which is the one that they should have never made, they should have gone straight into the fifth one. If it, yeah, because Shia is not going to be back in the fifth one, is he? No, as far as I know, I think they're going to maybe talk about what happened to his character, but I don't think he's going to be a part of it at all. But yes, coming soon to a theater near you, Indiana Jones and the Walker of Doom. Yep. And then they'll reboot that with Chris Pratt playing Indiana Jones. No, I hope not. That's one like, just, they just need to let it, after it, Harrison Ford's done, just let it die. Yeah. Well, I think I think they actually have talked about a reboot of it already. Yeah, they did, but I think I think that's one time where they actually have listened to fans so far, and they're like, let's hold off. I'm sure at some point down the road, I'm sure when we're with our Walkers of Doom, they'll probably reboot it then. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, the way that we close out every episode is we ask three questions. Actually, I'm only seeing two, so we're going to get two questions this time. Um, <laughs> first of all, is this movie mirrored in culture? Is it what? Is the movie itself mirrored in culture? I mean, I'd say so. Yeah, because I mean, it... like like I said when when we started, if the only way that you would not know about this movie is if you've been living under a rock for forty six. Yeah, I mean, even with people that haven't seen it, like that's their main, like they're they like to brag about it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's so popular. Like they know the movies exist. They're just mm-hmm. I've never seen them. It's almost like a like the. Who will tell you they like well, for me a few years ago? Somebody that does P90X is like, oh, don't worry, they'll tell you about it. Yeah, that's the same thing with people. Like even when they don't see this movie, it's like, oh, don't worry. People that haven't seen Star Wars, they'll let you in. So even with them, it's mirrored there. So how does this movie fit into the, into today's society? I always have trouble asking that question. Hmm. I really don't know how to answer this one. I mean, I gotta say uh, the the politics of it kind of mirror a lot that's going on around the world today. Yeah. We've... I mean, anywhere that anywhere that you look, you can find something that you can say. Well, Star Wars has been talking about this for fifty years or whatever. Yeah. So. I mean, especially with just the way 
the last, even in this country, the way stuff has been going up and down, it's just like, yeah, we're still sometimes there might need to be a rebellion here or there. Well, but, you did I not mean, hear us endorsing a rebellion, ladies and gentlemen. No, so no please. not at all. Not at all. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's just, it, it, I mean, it, it does get, like, people don't want to admit it. It is a political movie, though. And it does reference, I mean, not just, like, just all around the world, for the most part, what's going on, so... Not that I want to turn this into a political talk, so I'm going to hey. stop it right there. Hey, trust me, the the throwback episode that I just put up, well, three weeks ago, was uh, Davy Crockett, the King of the Wild Frontier, and my other po- my other co-host, who may be returning to the show pretty soon. We were actually recording it on election night, so we were giving oh. up to the minute election results until like well maybe we don't want to start talking about this <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd probably be smart with yeah. a disney plus podcast <laughs> yes a disney plus podcast but i mean with davy crockett running for congress it was kind of apropos that we had to talk a little bit about it yeah all right well um that's gonna put a bow on chewy we're going to return to normal programming next week with Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. Not as great a movie as Star Wars. No, actually, I don't know. I've never seen that one. So <laughs> It might be worth your time. It might not. I haven't watched it. I'm going to probably be watching it in the next week or so, so I'll let you know if you need 90 minutes of your life back or not. Um, since this is your first time being on a podcast, where can people find you? Uh, uh, Twitter, um, at, this is going to bear with me, um, at, is it any good, but it is spelled I Z I T N N E or no, not N N N E G O O D. So kind of just weird spelling there, but that's where I'm at. Or you just look up Cliff Chance. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Cliff Chance on a lot of social medias. Um, and then you can also look up Cliff Chance or what I just spelled out on YouTube and I, have a YouTube which I haven't added to in a while just because kind of fallen off and I had uh, I just recently got a new MacBook so I'm trying to reorient myself with that but I was at the point where I was doing one take videos and I just got tired of doing that because I'd get to the end and be like I don't like what I just said I'd have to start over <laughs> so but you can find me on pretty much any social media just look up Cliff Jance I'm guarantee you I'm the only one and Jance is G is J A N C E J A yep it's like dance with a J instead of a D. That works. All right. Well, this will definitely not be the last time that we're going to have you on. We'll have you on for probably the next eight Disney um, Star Wars movies. Plus, we'll talk about Perfect. anything else that you're interested in, and we can figure out when that lines up. I know um, whenever you get to the 90s, uh, definitely Lion King, because that's definitely in my top. That's number three, on, no, number four on my top five. All right. Well, let me let me go ahead and spoil it for you. Are you, are you a fan of the um, live action remake? No. <laughs> okay. I did not enjoy that at all. Okay. I didn't even have to think about that one. All right. Well, um, we will have you on for that. I'll keep you in mind. And like I said, we'll talk more offline about other movies that are in your stream of consciousness. Sounds good. As it happens every time when we get to an end of the show. I tell everybody to stay safe, stay hungry, 
And I guess in this one, stay out of the trash compactor. Yep. And may the force be with you. And you as well. All right. Let me get this stopped. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye.